Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. I don't know what that voice was, but uh, I'm going to save it for later. <laughs> I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Tyler. And Steph is currently out for this episode because she is working her butt off at her stage manager job, which we're incredibly proud of her for working. But at the same time, Steph, this is our job. It doesn't pay anything. There's no benefits, but it's just the, it's the intrinsic joy that it brings us. So come on back. She'll be back for the next one, I promise. Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll <laughs> look at our schedule. Uh, my God, is it already Christmas week? I, I did not even, I didn't even think about that. This year has gone by incredibly fast, and I don't know how I feel about six months from now turning 30. I, I, I don't, I, I feel so strange. <laughs> so let's get into uh, who I have for this episode and just get away from that conversation piece because I'm not, I'm never turning 30. I'll be 29 forever. Uh, this week I had a chance to speak with my agent or my local rep here in Denver, Mark Block of the Block Agency and get to know more about him. You know, uh, when you have an agent, yeah, you may know a little bit about them, but you don't know a whole lot because essentially most of your communication is built off of, Hey, can you do this audition? Hey, can you submit? Uh, you got a callback. You didn't get a callback. You know, it's, it's all done through a very clinical and professional point of view, which is great, but I've always wanted to, to get to know him because he has a really awesome, uh, work ethic. He works himself to the bone, but he also gets a chance to travel all over the world. So I wanted to hear more about that. We talk about, uh, you know, living in, in Denver and how that's changed, you know, throughout the pandemic and, uh, you know, how he got started as an agent. How does one become an agent? I just, my only way of <laughs> relating to, to agents or seeing maybe how they become who they are is through Entourage, which is, is fictional. Uh, but <laughs> he, he doesn't yell at people at all, uh, Mark, but he does, he does take a lot of phone calls. So um, I'm going to stop rambling and we'll get straight into the interview. Let's talk to Mark Block. All right. So this might be either the most professional interview I do or the least professional interview I do. I don't know. Um, but this week we are talking to uh, my agent, Mark Block. Mark, how's it going today, man? It is good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for it. You've been you've been busy as we were just talking about traveling all over the place. Are you are you jet lagged? Should I keep my my questions fairly minimal? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm feeling okay. A little tired, a little yeah. tired, but you know, other than that, ready to go. <laughs> well, I I kind of gave it away, but uh, if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners like who who you are and uh, and what you do, I know what you do, but yeah. let's let's tell these listeners how awesome you are. Um, well, that. You can say, because I wouldn't, but I'll take it. Keep talking. Why don't you just do it? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, my name is Mark Block. I, I'm the owner of the Block Agency. We've been around in Nashville, Tennessee for 15 or 16 years. And in 2018, um, I was able to acquire an agency in Denver, which was previously called Maximum Talent, that is now known as the Block Agency Denver. Um, so we have two offices and cover, you know, the middle of the country outside the coast pretty much um yeah i mean that's pretty much it we rep actors models hosts some stylists makeup artists and all that fun stuff couple influencers um but the the, the main focus is on acting and, and modeling in our regions so needless to say you you have plenty of free time like you yes, don't really tons, do much <laughs> always working and it doesn't matter where i am or where people see me i probably have my phone in my hand and replying so the, the beauty of the job is I can be anywhere and go anywhere, but at the same time, when I do go anywhere or be anywhere, I'm still kind of working. Which I can completely back up because I've messaged you at like six in the morning through email and you're just being like a reply right away. <laughs> That's awesome. Very true though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I, I've always wondered, I don't think I've had a chance to talk to you about this. Like, how did you get into being a rep like what was the the start of that how did that how did that get going um it's a really long hard story to tell but the the short cliff notes version is i was an attorney in philadelphia and i was doing corporate litigation and i was looking to get into sports entertainment i was planning to move to la i 
made a pit stop in Nashville. Um, a couple weird chain of events occurred. Not all I can discuss or care to discuss, but <laughs> they did lead to um, working in this business and then um, took it to the point where um, I opened my own agency in, I guess, 2006. So it will be, wow. so it'll be 16 years in March. Um, and yeah, and it, it was a struggle. And, um, you know, in the beginning, like any other businesses, there's a lot of things that go into building a business, but now it um, seems to be going okay. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it seems like you're doing, doing very well. You're very busy. And I mean, it's obviously a, a nice departure from, you know, being part of the litigation department in the middle of Philly, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Which right now is probably pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> so have you always been, I mean, honestly, uh, I, I know you're a huge sports guy. Like my whole family loves sports. They, they follow you on Instagram too. And they, you know, they see oh, like nice. all the, all the teammates that you, like your friends oh. with people you meet up with. Yeah. Like they're, they're obsessed. They think it's awesome. Uh, so you've always been a, a pretty big sports fan then, right? I have. Yes. Grew up in a very big sports family. Loved watching it the whole deal. Do you have a favorite sport? Um, I, uh, football. Football. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not to play, but obviously, but to watch <laughs> uh, football is definitely it. I don't know. I think you could crush it uh, in football. Uh, the only, the only, I only know like five positions. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, feel like... them I would be able to play, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, you, you are, um, uh, pardon me if I'm wrong though. You are part of the, uh, the elite management group though, right? Like you, you manage I, athletes I as well. Okay. I am. I'm a licensed NFL agent and I do the NFL stuff with elite athlete management out of Arizona. Oh, wow. so are you guys trying to grow that? How long have you been doing that? Um, they've been in business for a while. It's owned by an amazing man named Zeke Sandu, who just crushes it. Um, I probably got my license about eight years ago and mm. I've worked with them on marketing and repping a couple guys and, um, just working with them on everything. They're just a really good group, probably the best, um, you know, small privately owned sports agency around. They just, they just really take good care of their clients. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I did a little bit of research on them and it, and it sounded like it was a, an amazing, like, group people to be around and I, I always wonder what's more enticing to you the sort of like acting modeling side as far as representation go or the sports side do you see yourself going one way or the other they're really different uh, the focus will always probably be on the modeling and acting just because that's kind of my primary business and mm. my steady source of income and I already took one risk so <laughs> A second one is a lot, um, but I'm still able to do it, enjoy it and love it. Um, you know, but, but juggling the two, you kind of have to balance a little. So, you know, the focus will always mainly be on the one. But when I say that, if I'm repping someone on the football side or working on a marketing deal, they get a hundred percent, obviously, you yeah. know, all across the board. It's just from a business standpoint, you know, you need the one that, that pays the bills consistently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it seems like that has to be almost a, I don't want to say it's seasonal, but obviously, depending on the sport they're playing, like, like, like football, you know, closer towards when the season's starting, or you're going into preseason, that's when the, the clients really need you the most, right? Um, that's, yeah, but the off season is like when recruiting is done, and they're getting ready for the season. Okay. So it is a full time job. Yeah. See, I know jack shit about sports. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm in the acting department. <laughs> That's good though. Not every everybody has different kind of needs and and you know um, interests and hobbies and stuff. So you know, sports is you're either I feel like you're either a sports person or you're not. There's kind of not much of a middle ground. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell your listeners really quick. Uh, last week, uh, you sent out people on a uh, an ambassador job to the ball arena in Denver. To work at the the points bet tent or um uh what you call it table and points bet is essentially just you know like a like a sports betting system for those of you who don't know and i got so many questions from people asking me like hey well, how do i wager this how do i do this and i just made up stuff on the fly from like movies i'd seen from like casino or sea biscuit like just random terms and it seemed to work but somebody asked me um let's see who was filling in for such and such during the abs game and i went i had no idea who they were talking about like i don't it's a yeti 
I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's, I it's, will say, and I guess we can talk about betting because it's illegal, but the yeah. one thing I've learned from, from a variety of people is, you know, a lot of guys think they're the best better and they know the most about sports. <laughs> and sometimes taking a four-year-old and having them close their eyes and pick who's going to win and by how much, um, they have better, better, better results than the people that think they know sports. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, I can I can completely attest to that. The only time I played fantasy football, I chose players based on how awesome I thought their name was. So the more syllables, the better. <laughs> I made it to second place. Like I made 200 bucks for that season. And that was just awesome. But are you are you like part of DraftKings? Do you get that into it? Or are you too busy to kind of play around with that kind of thing? Um, no, I, I mean, I do. I definitely do fantasy, okay. um, you know, and you know, for fun, of course, I have to say. Um, and, you know, I just enjoy watching and, you know, the, the, the going in person is the best. Just the vibe of being in an arena is a lot of fun. So, he, but I, I love the fantasy stuff or the like different games you could play and the things with friends um, just to kind of keep it interesting, especially when, you know, either your team isn't playing or you don't really care about the game. It kind of keeps people's interest in, and, and in a way, even though people, I think thought gambling and stuff was going to be bad for sports. I think it's been good because I think it, you know, allows people to kind of care about, you know, a game that they wouldn't normally care about. And if they have money on it, they're going to tune in where they weren't tuning in in the past to games that didn't involve their team. So I think in a way it's probably going to bring ratings to the game. Not that it needs them, but you know, yeah. you can always want more. It's, it's brought a lot to the service industry in general. I think I have yep. more, more regulars than usual that'll come in and say, Hey, can you put X, Y, Z game on this TV, that TV, that TV? Cause I need to know. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I finally visited, Oh God, what was it called? You posted, I think it was like last summer or the summer before uh, that outdoor uh like sports bar restaurant in the highlands in denver what, what was oh, it called well i uh, yeah happy camper yeah, happy camper a, yeah place, fun place highly recommend it it's that's my go-to spot in denver um really good and yes it's a great place to watch games because they have a, a just Bunch a metric ton of tvs right <laughs> yep. yep really a lot of fun too a good good place to watch a game so what's your all-time favorite place in nashville to go to if you're going to watch a game because i know you were there quite a bit yeah i mean Usually, if we're going to watch a game, you know, obviously there's downtown Broadway. That's where all the tourists go. But for us locals, we tend to either go to the Tin Roof on Demumbrian or Losers and Winners uh, in Midtown. Um, Losers is more for music. Winners, mm -hmm. their kind of sister or brother bar, whatever you want to call it, is a little more geared towards sports watching. They're both good, great places. And then Tin Roof, of course, is an old staple there. So those are more kind of the local haunts that, that, that you would go to to watch sports. See, we have a, a lot of our listeners are overseas in the UK and uh, and I think parts of Africa and France who've oh, said they want to come over. And the first place they want to go to is Nashville of all places. I hear that a lot. Yep. <laughs> is I, that, is I, it like the new thing now? Like It is. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the TV show that, you know, started running in Europe and other places. So they get to see it and country music has kind of gotten big in other countries and, you know, I think people just seeing like, you know, the, the, the party aspect of the city, um, I have heard that a lot more. And when you go to Nashville, there is a good amount of, we always notice a lot of Canadians, British, and Australians tend to go no a lot. Yeah, you, you always hear some Aussie accents when you're on Broadway. <laughs> Do you ever pass out your business card? Like, hey, you, you, you got good cheekbones. You want to come work with me? No, in Nashville, the last thing you need is to hand out business cards because most people are not in the right state of mind. <laughs> so business talking when you're out at the bars in Nashville is never a good idea. <laughs> That's uh, I, I'd never been. My brother just went. Uh, he turned 21 this year. Oh, very cool. He said it was the most fun he'd ever had. But yeah, he could barely move two inches inside of those places because it was so jam-packed with people just like yes. having fun and drinking. <laughs> That sounds about <laughs> on point. <laughs> so do you have a, a, a preference as far as like, obviously with, with your job, you can work anywhere at any time, but is there like a preferred environment or place or even like a preferred place during the day to go to for work? Cause I know I, you, you post about, you know, like, Hey, Sunday's in the office, you know, when you're in Denver, when you're in Nashville, 
but do you have a place that's almost like a fortress of solitude for you to, to get a lot of work done? Yeah, I would say the office in both cities. And, okay. you know, when I travel, usually during the days, I'll kind of set up shop, whether in my hotel room or wherever I'm staying and kind of as long as I have a desk and a computer and somewhere where I can kind of be left alone, that tends to work well. And does that involve uh, silencing your cell phone or is that sucker on blast constantly? <laughs> Uh, I keep it on vibrate, but it's always next to me. So I see mm. it if I don't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to, to knock that away when you're, cause you, how many uh, clients do you have between both, both offices? Do you know offhand? No, it's really hard. Cause we do actors, models, mm -hmm. you know, all ages, some kids. So it, it's a pretty high number, but you know, the type of work we do, it's not like your typical management where you only have a handful of clients. Cause our type of work or commercials and they need a lot of options, but you don't want to have too many of each people, but then you want to have some people in this part of the country and you want to have some people in that part of the country. So yeah, it's a high number, but it's not out of control. And, you know, there's some people that just do a couple jobs a year and they enjoy it. And there's other people that work a little more regularly and, you know, they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're both don't quit your day job market. So usually the talent needs to have another job. There's just not enough um, work for any specific category of person. Um, but yeah, we, ha we have a high number, but yes, it does get difficult. Um, it's a lot to juggle. I love it. I enjoy it. There's days I want to throw my phone out the window, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, still, still something I really, I'm still enjoying it as much as I tend to complain sometimes. <laughs> Usually the complaints are warranted though, like last minute, you know, the project is pushed uh, one or two months and suddenly we have to like move schedules around for, for different things. And that could affect, you know, a myriad of things in your, your, you know, daily life as far as the job goes. So it's incredibly stressful. I can only imagine like, you know, how many shots of whiskey somebody might need at the end of the day or even, you know, yes, it five just my drinking problem. <laughs> you know, the last two years, the last two years have even made it, you know, more challenging just because this company requires COVID tests. This company requires people to be vaccinated. This company requires this. This company needs 17 COVID tests. This company needs 12 booster shots. This company, this and that. And, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think is right or what the talent thinks is right. If a client says, this is our rules and this is what we're hiring, we don't have a choice but to, you know, do what they choose. And, um, and you know, if someone doesn't want to do the job for that reason or can't, you know, it is what it is. And sometimes it goes the other way where some companies are, you know, don't require as much. And, you know, sometimes you have talent that says, well, then I don't want to do that or whatever. So, you know, I have to put my own personal feelings and beliefs aside and whatever the job dictates happens. And I always tell the talent, no judgment. If there's XYZ requirements and you're not okay with them and you don't want to do them, no questions asked. You don't even have to tell me why we'll just pass on the job and move on to the next person or, you know, in all directions. So it's been a big juggling act. And then, you know, obviously we went through a big period where jobs were booked, jobs were canceled, yeah. jobs were back. This person woke up and was feeling sick. And then of course people are worried, Oh my God, it's COVID can't go to set. And then, you know, you don't want to send someone and put everyone in a bad spot you know, and then you have to play with the cancellations and replacements. So it's definitely been a lot of extra challenges to something that's already been challenging. Would you say, uh, you know, I'm not sure if anyone really caught on, but we went through, or we're going through a pandemic. So, you know, that's, that's challenged a lot of this industry and several others, but uh, have you noticed an influx of, of jobs or I guess not even an influx, but with the idea of self-tape being like the new thing now, like that's, that's everyone's stable have you noticed a, a pretty big pickup in, you know, casting opportunities and, and big jobs coming through or has it been about the same or? Um, it's been similar, just that, you know, there just haven't been in-person castings. We did notice last year, we were getting a bunch of jobs from New York, LA and Chicago because they were so locked down, people couldn't shoot. Hmm. So they were coming to places like Colorado and Tennessee that were more open. So that helped, especially when, you know, companies weren't shooting as much. Um, you know, the self-tape thing in the beginning was great for people. I think now it's a blessing and a curse because now people are, um, 
just doing that because it's easier for the clients, but it's a lot harder on us, you know, coordinating, getting them in instead of just sending people to an audition. And not everybody, you know, has the technological capabilities. And, you know, we see a little bit of, I like to call it self-tape fatigue, where people, you know, they haven't gotten four or five or six or seven jobs. And, you know, they don't want to do it. They don't want to, if they live alone, don't want to ask someone to come over, don't want to find someone to read, don't want to set up a, you know, a casting room in their office or, you know, get the quality or figure out how to download it or follow the directions here or there. Um, you know, so we've seen a little bit of a drop off in talent that probably would run down for an audition. Ironically, it should take you less time to do a self tape in your house and you could do it any time of the day. But I think people feel the are missing the personal aspects of making sure they're doing it right. And you know what I mean? So yeah. that's been a little bit of an issue too. Yeah, we'll say it's, um, it can be definitely, or it can absolutely be be tough on those who, you know, like some of the, the older clients that you have who have, you know, made a whole career out of going in person. And now, you know, they figure out how to up the resolution on their phone or upgrade their phone, get lighting equipment, you know, edit, record, or record, edit, and then submit within a certain time frame. That could be, that could be pretty daunting. And uh, I wonder, like, you know, we, you have a lot of you know, models and influencer type talent, do you feel like it's easier to just, you know, submit them for, for jobs for modeling and you are just sending in measurements and, and headshots and pictures, or is it sort of the, the, the same thing as far as the, uh, the casting process? It just depends on the job and stuff, okay. you know, I mean, that has been a little bit of um, a tough thing for, for the industry is, companies moving more towards influencers than actors or models because they can create their own content and stuff. Mm. So um, that's been very interesting, um, you know, because they could end up hiring 20 influencers for the cost of what it would take them to shoot a commercial. And then they get, you know, 20 products with all those ears and eyes on them, um, maybe even more for what it would cost to shoot a commercial. So we've seen it kind of go down that path a little bit. So you know, it's not um, that Instagram followers are the be all end all, but clients do tend to, you know, on certain jobs, they think that, you know, you might show up and, you know, put it in your Instagram story or something. Um, so they might say, oh, this person has 50,000 Instagram followers. I'd rather book them than the person with 500. But others where it's about the commercial would rather have like the right actor or the right model for the job. So different companies have a different kind of mindset with it. Yeah, I feel like the numbers don't lie on that one. When I've I've literally read how many followers you have on Instagram, <laughs> it's like just shy of a thousand. Will that work? Question mark. You know, it's right. And I mean, <laughs> I don't even have a lot compared to most people. So you know, where I am, it's nice. You know, and it helps with business, but it doesn't move the needle. But you know, having some sort of at least you know being active on it does tend to help people. I think. Yeah, I keep telling everybody, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm slinging beer to people that, you know, think that's all I do and telling them, yeah, if I didn't have to use social media for my other job, I wouldn't use it or, you know, exactly. it'd be sparing. Like... <laughs> I would love to get off of it and never be on social media again. Oh my God. You could read so many books, you know, or just do literally anything, go see other places. It's just, uh, it's bonkers. The, the scrolling uh what do they call the, the scrolling phase where you can wake up in the morning if you don't get off of your your phone to check that email you're just gonna keep scrolling through things that is a very real real oh, trouble very real yes <laughs> so bad uh and you know on top of the influencers models and actors uh i'm just talking from personal experience but you know earlier this year you had sent me a, a possible you know show show role for an hbo project that would have been yeah. like crazy sick that they're shooting right now and i'm so excited to actually watch it but uh it was really funny to get that through an agency that you know like you said is mainly like commercials industrial you know like really promotional based stuff have you just received a, a larger number of those projects as you know the covid processes went through and people were kind of expanding their search or is that kind of a um, sort of in and out sporadic thing where you can just get one of those every now and again Every once in a while, I mean, we definitely have expanded our search. Stuff in LA and New York is hard because they don't need people from the middle of the country because they have enough people locally. Mm -hmm. um, but 
we are able to, and that, so that's a rare situation. We're able to submit a little more on things that are in, like if it's in Utah or if it's in New Mexico or if it's in somewhere else, you can, because they don't have as big of an actor pool. So they will look outside and they will pay travel. New York and LA tends to be difficult just because they have people that are right down the road. So the chance of looking at someone from Denver is very slim, but sometimes it happens. Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't ask for, a lot of my friends right now have, several agents you know three different states and different markets and they're submitting to different agencies in say colorado and new mexico because they live in la and they're not getting anything or they live in new york and they're not getting anything what would be uh in your opinion what would be a great way of reaching out to a representative a representative like yourself uh for possible representation uh whether it's like an email or maybe an an Instagram message, is there a better way to reach out to you with the I tend intent? to think the most professional way is by email. Okay. Um, I know I very rarely look at Instagram messages from people I don't already follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's the, um, that, I mean, and I guess I'm just older. I guess for the younger generation, that's normal. <laughs> um, but for, you know, for me, I prefer an email so you can see photos, re- <clears throat> resume and whatever else they have. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, hey, those of you who are listening, you know who you are. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> how you get them. <laughs> uh, so I want to go back to, because I, I, I've known you for, God, almost almost three years now, and I've uh, been wrecked by you for almost three years, and uh, just, you know, wanting to know more about you. What is it that you enjoy doing uh, when you have free time? Uh, you know, when you're away from the office or you have, you know, say half a day away from work, even though you're answering emails, is there something that sort of keeps you sane outside of sports? Is there something you like to do or go out and do? Uh, <laughs> or you... <not> a big <laughs> hobby guy. That face was perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to have a hobby. I don't, I guess I would say hanging out with my friends, being social and going out, um, mm-hmm. you know, has been, you know, kind of my outlet, you know, watch just you know, watching TV or just relaxing tends to just be nice and vacationing and traveling's probably, if, if I had to say a hobby, traveling would probably be it. I would say so. Yeah. Every, yeah, not every time I check, but you know, if I'm on Instagram in the, in the summer, you're more than likely to be in like Turks and Caicos, or maybe you took a trip to, I've never to like, been to like, Turks and Caicos. <laughs> what? Seriously? They all look the never same to me. That That's one. how ignorant I am. <laughs> they do. They do. I've never, never been there though. <laughs> is that on the list? Um, it is. It's somewhere I definitely would like to go in those islands. Um, I, I, I don't tend to always just, I go, I like to go, like I was just in Tulum, which I absolutely love. Islands I need to do for a little bit of a shorter period of time because I do get a little, I can only sit on the beach for so long before I get bored. So I need <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'd rather go somewhere with good restaurants and nightlife and that kind of stuff and is there uh is there a certain drink that is your go-to are you are you open to the uh what they call the house special like what's your what's your good i will either get white claw or (laughs) uh tito soda with a lime oh okay those are my two drinks of choice i wasn't sure if you're still doing the white claw thing (laughs) i i still like that yes okay and i'm kind of getting into the high noon thing Hide it. Oh, that's that's like fairly new, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's really, really good. Really, not too sweet. No, it's not at all. Okay, I I'm gonna have to. I since I don't drink alcohol, I'm allergic. Um, okay. I'll have to I'll have to get that for for the girlfriend and see what she would think because she loves that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, it feels it it. I, I like it. It tastes good. It doesn't give you a bad hangover, and. Um, you can kind of drink it like a beer, but it's, I think, made with vodka. So that's kind of nice. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Even better. Even better. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting having you on here right now, because I feel like I've, you know, I've wanted to, to talk to you about, you know, like your, your day to day and, and what you do just out of complete curiosity from, you know, someone who's on the, the other side of the, the industry table, so to speak. So in your like day to day, which I know changes, like what is a day in the life of Mark Block? I know it changes, but let's just go for it. Today's Tuesday. What is your what does your Tuesday normally look like? Um, uh, I mean, it's just like any other job. I go to the gym in the morning. I grab my coffee at Starbucks. 
and I'm in the office and mostly it's emailing, texting and answering calls. It's not glamorous at all. And then, you know, at a certain point, get to go home, run some errands, do whatever, grab dinner and, you know, kind of decompress for the night. It's kind of the extent of it. It's not as exciting as people want it to be or think it's going to be. So you're, uh, you're not, um, what's it, what is it? Oh, you're not going full Ari Gold in the, uh, the Denver office from day to day. And have you seen Entourage? No. I have it's a great okay. show but no my life is, is not that exciting I wish it was that 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 was my my expectation of what this industry would be like when I started in 2012 <laughs> I was like oh go meet the age I'm like oh, okay I'm scared I don't know what to expect and then no one is like that character except for maybe somebody or some people in LA so um yeah I mean you have a very intense work ethic but I feel like you you enjoy having fun and enjoy doing different and and new things like this year you started a podcast too right I did Nashville yeah. Block Party um haven't really kind of did the did did my seven or eight episodes and uh we'll see if it comes back <laughs> <laughs> is it are you just were you just busy bored things just didn't yeah no it was it's just honestly people don't realize podcasting is a lot harder work just coordinating and all that stuff um, and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I may kind of bring it back at some point. Just it's been a busy kind of couple of months. Um, you know, when I did it was when COVID was a little bit um, slowing business down a little more. So I had a little more free time. Things are kind of busy again now. So, you know, I haven't had the time, but I would like to kind of figure it out. I think you should because I, I dug it. I thought that was awesome. And you you did video through that podcast, too. So that must have been we even did more work. Both, yes. Oh my God. Did you outsource the editing to somebody else or did you do that? Yes, I had a great producer. Okay. Alex Lagos. Shout out Alex. Um, he was great. He does busting with the boys and a couple other big podcasts. So he, he did all the production, all the video, all the editing, all the socials. So he was great. I could not have done it on my own. I'm just not technological enough. <laughs> But you have the connections. I feel like you know almost everybody. I was able to in... get some fun guests on, but yeah. you know, I just couldn't do the physical, you know, part of it. Yeah, we, I mean, it takes. I mean, even just just this. I mean, this is the the beginning of I don't know three or four hours worth of you know project work, and it just it takes a toll on you, and especially with your your work schedule now, crazy. Where I mean, um, I'll <laughs> right. I'll tell, I'll tell everybody on the podcast. Like, I was lucky to get an hour with him because he's still working as we're doing this podcast. That's how hard yes, he works. Yes, I am. I am a multitasker. <laughs> I was working when I was doing my own podcast. Were you just like answering emails and stuff? Yeah, of course. On the, were you, <laughs> you see, I only listened to it. I never saw the full video. <laughs> if you don't get, I mean, you kind of can't see it, but I mean, yeah. if you don't get back to people fast, then they, you know, then they'll, um, you know, reach out to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as well. Yeah, that's another thing. I never, okay, it just shows how much I, I don't know about the agent experience. I mean, you have people reaching out. Is it all hours of the day? Is it stuck within business hours if they need somebody? I mean, of course, there's probably like late night. Hey, do you have anybody for uh, like Thursday and this is Tuesday? But like, what what's the, the inquiry like um, from the business side of being an agent? Do they just start sending you cold emails, call you? Like from talent or from clients? I'm sorry. Um, oh, from uh, from like clients, from people who who need to, you know, bring uh, talent in for their commercials or projects, that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. A lot of times it's just, you know, they, they find the agencies in the city and, you know, they are, they know what they're looking for and they'll reach out. Sometimes it's through a casting director. Sometimes it's companies we've worked with before. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the ad agency directly sometimes it's the production company it's really different in every situation but usually they they reach out to us or we have a connection or something okay yeah i was always i figured that's probably what would happen but um it's just it's always curious especially a market like denver which i feel like wasn't really uh that big until maybe a couple of years ago and i feel like now we have all this great talent in this very small market so we're all just trying yeah. to support each other. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Denver's. I mean, in the three or four years I've been here, it's I, I've seen a big improvement. So I can definitely see that. I think I've seen more stuff come here, more companies come here, and just this, with the when a city grows, so does the work in our business. Yeah, and you're. I mean, you're living in the heart of downtown, so you you see it firsthand. 
yes. And they probably should do something to help fix downtown before it gets dangerous. Yeah. It's already, it's already, it's already kind of going to shit a little bit down here. Um, and they don't seem to care or do anything about it. So that's, that's my one controversial statement. I wouldn't I say it's controversial at all. I don't think it's controversial at all <laughs> no. because if you don't feel comfortable walking down the street in, um, in a downtown area, it's not good for the future of a city. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, uh, you know, you had a couple homeless people when I was going to see you Denver and, uh, I mean the, the coolest homeless guy I ever met was a guy who he had a tent off of, I think it was 14th and Larimer, or maybe just like a block South of there or block North of there. He had a tent, he had a chair. And every morning when I was walking to school, he'd get up, he'd make his tea, he'd read a book. And when I came back home, he'd be done with the book and he'd go back in the tent. Like coolest guy ever. But uh, we drove by Coors Field last week and I hadn't been down there in weeks. There's just that whole section near 20th Avenue. Yeah, yeah, just 10 city. So do you I'm guessing you probably live around that area, right? Not far. And okay. you know, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. Um, it's you know, I have a lot of empathy for for the people that are homeless and mm-hmm. want them and hope for them to get hope, uh, help. But you know, I'm not the one who decided to take a job that was in charge of it. And you know, the people that did need to address it and fix it in, in, in a right fashion because it's bad for people's businesses. It's bad for yeah. public safety. It's bad for public health. It's, you know, getting dirty and gross. And, you know, it's a beautiful city that's, um, that, 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 that needs to come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people that took on the job need to figure it out because we don't want our city becoming like a San Fran or a uh, Seattle or a Los Angeles right now. Yeah. where um you know things are are getting dicey um you know and like i said i'm not here saying i know what the right answers are but if it were my job to come up with the right answers or damn right i would figure it out um <laughs> and that's what i always say even with what we do if you don't know the answer you don't know what to do or whatever figure it out um yeah. so I, I would like to see them figure it out because and i know you know covid was an interesting situation but i think covid exasperated it because the downtown wasn't as busy and didn't have as much foot traffic with people not going into the office. Mm-hmm. And I think that bred to, you know, the homeless issues kind of spreading to different areas. And, you know, it doesn't seem like anything's been done and it doesn't seem like, you know, anyone's making an effort. And that's always been my philosophy, whether, you know, you're going to a crowded restaurant and they're short staffed. I'm very, very sympathetic to that. All I want is someone to look at me and say, hey, we're a little short staffed today. We'll be right with you. Thank you for your patience. Try, make an effort. Yeah. And, you know, and that, the my bigger problem isn't that it hasn't been fixed, but you, you don't see like, you know, an effort and maybe I'm missing it or something, but it is definitely something that they, I think would be great for them to work on. And hopefully they are, and we just don't know about it. Yeah, I'm crossing fingers because that was a, uh... That was a very big wake up call, you know, given the, I don't know, maybe six months uh, I had been away from going to Denver pretty regularly and then coming back and, and seeing that, yeah, you, you, your heart breaks and you want something to be, to be configured. Obviously we're the general public, so we can only say we'd like to, to help or give hope just, you know, people who are in charge. Why don't you throw out an idea and maybe we'll go with it, you know, <laughs> just, just see what happens because right. holy crap. Hurt. Yeah, I I was driving down just thinking, oh my god, these people are paying you know thirty five hundred dollars for a studio, and you know your your entrance to your apartment is completely surrounded by a tent city like that. I, I just feel bad for people um, who are in the situation, but uh, I mean, luckily it, it seems like at least further north up here, uh, there's old rec centers that they're opening up for you know the winter for housing, which should be pretty cool. I want to see what that what that does and. Uh, with that being said, and with, uh, you know, the, the homeless co- sort of surge happening around the country, uh, we were in Austin shooting, uh, what, in June or July, and that's like 10 times worse than Denver. Right. Uh, and I heard LA is 20 times worse than Austin. It's just, it's insane. Uh, so this is a really poor way of asking the question, but are you looking to expand into an you know, like another location with an office for block in another major city? 
Honestly, I have no plans to do so. I'm run a little thin now, but <laughs> deep down, yes, would I like to? Sure. But do I, this, the situation in Denver just worked out perfectly. Yeah. Um, if something else kind of a random chain of events leads me to another city to, to add, I think it would be great, but am I actively looking? No. With you, you know, loving to travel, is there a city that you'd prefer? Um, no, because it would have to just be the right scenario. Mm, I mean, okay. it would also have to be a city I enjoy, but the right scenario is more important than the city. Okay. Uh, okay. That, that's, a, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's too many options. Uh, yeah, correct. And, you know, Denver did work out. It seems like Block is doing really well here. With, with that opportunity to, to pick up Maximum at the time and, and buy it out and now be, you know, Block in Denver, how was that sort of brought upon, um, you know, your radar? Were you looking for another city or? No, I'd just known Rob, who still works with us, who was the former owner for over about 10 years. And oh, when, okay. you know, him and his partner were ready to move on, um, you know, I was one of the people that he reached out to and the fit was right and the situation was right. And um, it, it it just worked out. Sometimes things are just kind of meant to be. So it was just, you know, again, bunch of chain of events that seem to work out pretty well. Which is most of our, our livelihood, right? <laughs> just hope that each exactly. step works out and then it'll all line up. Um, I do want to get into, uh, you know, sort of your, your perspective on, you know, your, your experience in the industry and things you've kind of uh, gone through or witnessed or maybe things you've done. Uh, but we like to ask our guests, do you have a, a party story that you like to tell people, whether it's um, say it was a, a bad client experience, bad talent experience, it doesn't have to be bad, but just something that's stuck in your mind as a, oh, I'm never going to forget that. And I'm going to, you know, remember that for the rest of my life. Is there a story that you might have uh, oh. since your time being an agent that you, you could, no names mentioned, names redacted, but something you could talk about that you would definitely tell at a party? Um, probably not. I could say I definitely <laughs> have memorable stories. Um, <laughs> just a lot of them have to do with, um, just, I mean, we've had talent that we've had to stop working with over the years because of, you know, things they've said or done on set or, mm -hmm. you know, lack of responsibility. We've had some where the we've gotten, I mean, I've gotten some very interesting email submissions and pictures. Oh, no. <laughs> ever need to um, see again. <laughs> um that's usually kind of the funniest. I would like one day to write a book and be able to post some of the submissions we got. Please do. Um, and just wonder what people are thinking when they're sending the pictures they're sending. Um, you know, it's not about how people look or don't look. It's just about the, the type of pictures they send that kind of makes you blush. So are we talking like somebody who is under the impression this agency represents somebody looking to get into the adult film fair? Or is this just a lack of general research? Um, we got those two. We got those two. I was more thinking generally about just like the weird outfits or posing and just, it's just variety of weirdness. But yes, there have been some that I was like, you're definitely at the wrong place. Um, we're, we're, we're a modeling agency, not an escort service. Um, so yes, a little bit of, a little bit of both. I mean, that's why I reached out to you when I was looking to, to pick up different <laughs> agents. Like, oh, this, this guy can help me. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, you, you definitely, I think you should write a book anyway, because half the stuff that, you know, you either, you mentioned on social media or that um, you're telling people about, I, it's just, it's, you have such an interesting career. I would, I would definitely buy a book and, you know, read about your experiences, uh, you know, with a couple, couple of lawyers looking over, making sure nobody can be traced back to those submissions or, you know, just, just fun stuff like that. I think it'd be interesting. Right. It would be, I don't know if there's anyone that there's not enough people that know who I am to buy it. So I don't <laughs> think it would be a, you know, New York times bestseller, but it would definitely have some interesting material. <laughs> well, you have plenty of, uh, 
opportunities for different titles that's for sure <laughs> that's exactly right off the block attack the block um there's there's another part of this podcast where you know we're we've been doing it for over a year and it started just you know talking to friends about how they're doing during covid and quarantine and those who work in the industry how they're kind of navigating a change in their career but it's also opened up our chance to ask our guests if they could give any sort of advice or maybe a little a nugget of wisdom to listeners who are trying to get into the arts industry or kind of stay in it who don't have a you know too much more hope for their career do you have any piece of advice, especially as an agent that you could pass on to talent uh, or somebody who's trying to, you know, become repped or find somebody to sign with and start their career, give anything you could pass on to them to kind of carry them through the, uh, the rest of however long COVID lasts? <laughs> you know, that's a really good question. And I don't just because I've taken some people that I probably shouldn't have. And I've passed some people I probably shouldn't have. Mm. And you know, it just, I mean, the one thing I will say, actually, the one little bit of advice that is minor, but is a, to me a big deal. And I think this younger generation misses out on this is if you are going to submit, do it during business hours by email and professionally. Because if it's a Saturday at 9 p.m. and I get an email with a submission, I'm not working. Mm -hmm. And I may not remember to check it back on Monday and you may have been perfect, but you sent it at a time when, you know, people are only looking for emergencies on their email, um, you know, because you just never know every agency and every market is looking for different things and has different mm -hmm. holes in their roster. So just because someone doesn't respond to you or you get rejected doesn't mean you're not good or you're not right. It's just a timing thing or an agency thing or a need thing. But the one thing that people can control is when they send it. And, mm. you know, younger people tend to be sending things at two in the morning, sending things on Saturdays, you know, sending things on holidays, because that's when they're slow and they have time and they're thinking about it. Mm. What they don't realize is the person on the receiving end has a job. And if you're in your free time, they're on their free time. So if you really want it looked at, I would say send it between nine and five on Monday through Friday. And I think if nothing else, it might not mean you'll get anything, but it will um, give you a better chance to have it actually looked at. Yeah, that's that's a great piece of advice. I don't think a lot of, uh, especially actors, we don't think about that stuff. We figure, okay, hey, I'll send it in the night before on like a Sunday night. Right. And maybe they'll get back to me when they go into the office on Monday. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But I feel like the average younger actor who's really just hungry to get into this will send you an email at two or three in the morning. And I assume they probably send an email a couple of days later seeing if you saw the email. <laughs> Hopefully right. not. But <laughs> that's not great either. You know, <laughs> if, if you know, if people want to get back to you, they will. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's also you can. If you're if you're wanting to put the email together at Saturday at two, schedule to send it Monday at one. You know, hit that little button on the bottom of your your email to schedule the send. That way, you know, it goes at a better time. See, see, from the mouth of the industry, everybody, this is what we should be doing. <laughs> as 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 a, a hungry actor who is still trying to lose weight, uh, <laughs> I can attest to, to that being like a. Oh yeah, it's a it's Saturday at 11 p.m. I just took a master class. Oh, I should email this representative, and not thinking that that might be you know the wrong thing to do. Do it during business hours. That's freaking perfect. I love that. Uh, no, that's yeah. And I, I knew you'd have something in there, something in the in the pipeline. Uh, in addition to that part of it, um, is there sort of anything in? this episode you know it's it is a, a a general talk and conversation which i'm glad you know i've had a chance to kind of sit down talk with you after you know i'd say two years of not seeing you face to face i think the last time i saw you in person was when you signed me and you had that oh, that wow. rooftop party that's crazy yeah that was a long time ago <laughs> uh, and it snowed that day so nobody really came in yeah. April. It was, it was so chilly we went up there and uh, uh becca jung 
and I forget, there's somebody else with us. Yeah, we we all kind of the actors gathered around each other. And then all of the really like attractive tall models, I have to tell you this, they were standing by the pizza and not eating <laughs> it. But all of us, all of the actors were hungry, wanted to eat the pizza, but we felt like we'd be judged by getting the pizza near the oh, models. I never we- judged. I was probably eating all the pizza. Pizza's <laughs> my weakness. <laughs> well, it was like a week after you signed me, I thought, I'm not going to go eat pizza. I'm going to show this guy. I, I know I can, I can be tough and not eat any pizza. Um, but... It- <laughs> Where was I going? Gosh, I, I completely forgot where I was going with that. Um, oh, okay. So um, yeah, after that little anecdote, is there sort of anything that you care to promote in this episode? Obviously, you're going to share it through social media. Uh, mine is, is much less popular than yours, but I'm going to share as much of it as I can. Is there anything that you could promote? Absolutely. Uh, not really. I mean, just Instagram is at the block agency and you know, that's really it. Don't not selling any swag or anything. So that's pretty much it. I just appreciate you having me on and a good conversation. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I could have you on. I don't want to, to take up too much of your time, but I do want to mention like the next time you get a, a big like batch of those hats in, I am reserving one for sure. The, okay. The block yeah, agency hats. Let you know. I may do another one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, perfect. Yeah. I would love to, so I can kind of wear that around set network. Um, yeah. So we're nearing the end of, uh, of our podcast here really quick. Great. We just want to um, let our listeners know, like, hey, thank you for listening. And if you'd like to support our podcast, feel free to go to our very empty Patreon that we haven't touched since we started because we don't have the time for it. Uh, but if you'd like to support us a different way, please give us a rating on um, Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review and send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com, we will send you a thank you card and a sticker for your trouble. We really appreciate it. Also, if you are somebody who is in the arts industry or maybe wants to get into the arts industry and wants to sit down and talk, please send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com, and we'd love to talk to you. Mark, this was awesome, man. I know you're, you're busy. I know you're, <laughs> you're, watching, you're watching the tube. You're doing the work, and I appreciate you just you know, being able to take some time and, and sit down because I wanted to talk to you for, uh, for a bit about just like how you're doing, man. Um, at the end of each, awesome. uh, oh, go yeah. ahead, sorry. oh no, no, no worries. Um, my, my computer had a delay. I was, I got stuck for a second. <laughs> so at the end of each episode, we do something called a, uh, an awkward goodbye. I do a, a silent Wayne's world countdown. And when I point, uh, you can do it any vocal way you'd like, but the most awkward sort of goodbye you can do into the microphone would be awesome. Are you ready for that? Um, kind of. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Was that awkward enough?